In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I. Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
Glory be to God on high. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, absolve your people from their offenses, that from the bonds of our sins, which by our reason of our frailty we have brought upon ourselves, we may be delivered by your bountiful goodness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the last Sunday of the church year is from Isaiah chapter 65. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem as a rejoicing, and her people a joy. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. The voice of weeping shall no longer be heard in her, nor the voice of crying. No more shall an infant from there live but a few days, nor an old man who has not fulfilled his days. For the child shall die 100 years old, but the sinner being 100 years old shall be accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them, 
They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree, so shall be the days of my people. And my elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth children for trouble. For they shall be the descendants of the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. It shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are still speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. And dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord.
The epistle is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say, peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 25th chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him, to the wedding, 
and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. This is the Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. We confess the Christian faith on this last Sunday in the church year with the words of the Athanasian Creed on page 319. The Holy Scriptures alone give birth to the church's confession of the truth contained in her creeds. Two points of introduction to the Athanasian Creed this morning. The first is this. When it speaks of faith being pure and undefiled in the Holy Trinity, remember that the Holy Spirit alone calls us to faith. This means that to the extent that there are Christians anywhere, all Christians have the same faith. And it is pure and it is undefiled because it is centered in Christ, in the Holy Trinity, and it is a miracle of the Holy Spirit. But alongside of faith, we all struggle with unbelief, doubt. That is of the old Adam, the flesh. But the faith that the Holy Spirit creates is pure and undefiled. Secondly, to do good is to believe in Christ, which means then this doing of good is a miracle of the Holy Spirit. It involves faith in Christ and the goodness by which we are judged on the last day. The works are the works of Christ which cover us. The Athanasian Creed speaks of both of these things. Notice its emphasis upon faith a faith created by the Holy Spirit. We confess the Athanasian Creed, page 319, responsibly whole verse by whole verse. Whoever desires to be saved must, above all, hold the Catholic faith. And the Catholic faith is this, For the Father is one person, the Son is another, and the Holy Spirit is another. But the Godhead of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit is one, the glory equal, the majesty co-eternal. Such as the Father is, such is the Son, and such is the Holy Spirit. The Father infinite, the Son infinite, the Holy Spirit infinite. The 
And yet there are not three eternals, but one eternal. In the same way, the Father is almighty, the Son almighty, the Holy Spirit almighty. So the Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God. And yet there are not three gods, but one God. So the Father is Lord, the Son is Lord, the Holy Spirit is Lord. Just as we are compelled by the Christian truth to acknowledge each distinct person as God and Lord, so also are we prohibited by the Catholic religion to say that there are three gods or lords. The Son is neither made nor created, but begotten of the Father alone. Thus, there is one Father, not three fathers, one Son, not three sons, one Holy Spirit, not three Holy Spirits. And in this Trinity, none is before or after another, none is greater or less than another. But the whole three persons are co-eternal with each other and co-equal, so that in all things, as has been stated above, the Trinity in unity and unity in Trinity is to be worshipped. Therefore, whoever desires to be saved must think thus about the Trinity. But it is also necessary for everlasting salvation that one faithfully believe the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is God, begotten from the substance of the Father before all ages, and he is man, born from the substance of his mother in this age. Equal to the Father with respect to his divinity, less than the Father with respect to his humanity. One, however, not by the conversion of the divinity into flesh, but by the assumption of the humanity into God. One altogether, not by confusion of substance, but by unity of person. For as the rational soul and flesh is one man, so God and man is one Christ. ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father, God Almighty, from whence he will come to judge the living and the dead. And he is coming, all people will rise again with 
And those who have done good will enter into eternal life, and those who have done evil into eternal fire. Thee, 
harp and the cymbals clear as tone of one pearl each shining In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing, with everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. This is the word of the Lord. Those words of the intro it for today set the theme for the last Sunday in the church year. As does the hymn of the day that you just sang. Did you ever contemplate the meaning of the first phrase? Wake! Awake! For night is flying. Did I get your attention? Wake! Awake! For night is flying. But the reality in our experience is that we seem to feel as if the darkness of this world, the darkness of our lives, is not flying but intensifying. We see the decay in the cities of our country. We see armed robbery out in Colgate, where I live. We see craziness and lawlessness all around us in our country. And what hurts us most is when the darkness invades our lives, our marriages, our families, our relationships with those we love. And for us as Christians who hold on to the love of God in Jesus as the greatest gift for all humanity to be insulted and persecuted and hated for believing in Jesus. Oh, it seems as if the darkness is not flying, but is rather encroaching around us and getting darker and darker. But that is not the perspective of the last Sunday in the church year, nor is it the posture of the church and the Christian faith throughout our earthly pilgrimage. It is rather what is contained in those words from Isaiah, the ransomed of the Lord shall return. 
and come to Zion with singing, with everlasting joy. In the Old Testament reading for today, there is painted for us a picture of what is for us the hope of the Christian faith and life, that the darkness of this fallen world will pass away. Listen to the words of Isaiah. I create new heavens and a new earth. The former shall not be remembered or come to mind, or literally, the former shall not be remembered or come upon the heart. I don't know how many times I've been asked as a pastor, will we remember those who have rejected the Lord Jesus in the life to come? And will this not cause a burden for us in the resurrection to eternal life in heaven where we are supposed to be at peace and where all sorrow and sighing is to flee away? The former shall not be remembered or come upon the heart. Who can fathom that mystery? That there is no darkness of this world. There is no disappointment of this world. There is no hardship of this world that will come upon our heart in the life to come. We will lack nothing because we are the ransomed of the Lord and we belong to Christ. The bridegroom of his bride, the church. It is a radical picture that the prophet Isaiah paints in Isaiah 65. Be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. Behold, I create a rejoicing and her people a joy. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. Jerusalem means city of peace. But in the history of humanity, it has been anything but a city of peace. But the temple was there. The divine service of the Lord was there. The sacrifices were there. The light of the glory of God in that coming Messiah was there proclaimed in the divine service and all of the promises of the Old Testament prophets. And that light shone into the darkness of their world. And by faith, by faith alone there was comfort and the hope of a new heaven and of a new earth and of a new Jerusalem where there really would be eternal peace. And notice the language of Isaiah. Be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. Behold, I create a rejoicing and her people a joy. I will rejoice and joy in my people. That is what it is to be the ransomed of the Lord. There may be people in your lives who hate you because you're a Christian. There may be people in your lives who falsely accuse you because they do not believe in the gospel. There may be great darkness in your life. Hold on to this one truth where the Lord says to you, I will rejoice and I will joy in my people for he has covered you with the garment of salvation. He has clothed you with the robe of righteousness. The present sufferings of this life are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. And the picture that Isaiah paints 
is so beyond our capacity to calculate. They shall build houses, they shall plant vineyards, they shall not build and another inhabit, they shall not plant and another eat. As the days of a tree, so shall be the days of my people. My elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain. One of the dangers that we face in this world is that in 2023, nearly 2,000 years after the crucifixion and resurrection of our Lord, things seem to continue. And there are those scoffers, the Apostle Peter says, who ask the question, where's the promise of his coming? Do not allow these voices to dominate your thinking. They're the voices of darkness because they proclaim to us that the gospel is a lie, that the victory over sin is not real, that there is no resurrection, there is no life after death because Christ will never return. It is not true. The Apostle Paul in the epistle for today gives us great encouragement. Concerning the times and seasons, brothers, you, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say, as the world does all around us, peace and safety, promising peace and safety in the wisdom of this world, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are sons of light and sons of the day. So when it seems as if the darkness of this world is pressing down upon you, Hold fast to that assertion from the Lord Jesus to you. You are sons of light and sons of the day. That's the reality. For we are clothed with Christ himself. We are not of the darkness, the Apostle Paul says. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. Putting on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath. That is to say, the wrath and the judgment that comes upon this world of darkness is not what you are appointed for. If for a little while, if need be, you will be made to suffer, be of good cheer, such suffering has come to refine your faith, which is more precious than gold which perishes, though it is tested by fire. The present sufferings of this life are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. For you are sons of light and sons of the day. God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord who died for us so that whether we wake or sleep, we are together with him. 
It is why the historic gospel in the last Sunday in the church year describes the church as the bride of Christ. And I'd like you to think back upon your wedding. How for the husband and wife who love each other, nothing was more important than to be together. So also it is in the bride's relationship to the bridegroom, Christ Jesus. Those foolish virgins are unbelievers who care nothing about the Lord's coming. They care nothing of his gospel. They care nothing of the promises of resurrection to eternal life. But the wise ones are those who, by a miracle of the Holy Spirit through the word of the gospel, hold fast to Jesus. When Jesus and the Apostle Paul speak about watching and praying, it is always the disposition of Christ's bride, the church, to watch. It is as if he were saying to us, pay attention to my love letters to you. How many of you have kept the love letters of your beloved and rehearsed them and gone over them? The promises of the gospel are the Lord's love letter to you when he says, watch and pray. He bids you to meditate upon his promises of love, of forgiveness, of salvation. Because those love letters from Jesus are the light that shines in the, in the darkness of this life that gives comfort and hope and peace. And to pray is to cry out to him on the basis of those promises of love to us. And by these promises, he strengthens us to bear the darkness. And by these promises, he teaches us to stand on tippy toes, if you will, yearning for the Lord's coming. As the prophet Job confessed, I know that my Redeemer lives. And though this body will be destroyed in death, yet in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and not another, how my heart yearns within me. The darkness of this present age will not overcome his bride, the church. For you are the beloved of the Lord, and in his love letter to you, he speaks sure and certain promises that will not fail. A thousand years are like one day to the Lord. And in the glory of the life to come when the trumpet sounds and he gathers his bride, the church, to himself, we shall sing with eternal joy. For the ransomed of the Lord shall rejoice with singing because he sings over you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting.
In addition to the prayers listed in our congregation at prayer, we also add uh, a prayer for the family and friends of Kathy Miller, whom, whom, we, whom we have been praying for, who passed away this week, and also for George Kaminsky, who is in the ICU with pneumonia. Let us pray. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy for wisdom, to number our days and to know our frailty, to watch and pray for the coming Christ, that we may find hope in him alone and rejoice at his final coming. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That the gifts of our baptism may abide with all, us all, especially with those celebrating baptismal anniversaries this week, Patty Haas, R.J. Ferking, Aaron Piper, and all of the baptized Christians. For the infants who have lived but a few days, and for the elderly living out the rest of their days, that all Christians would continue to receive God's blessings and trust his temporal care, that we all may be strengthened by the word and sacrament of Christ until he comes. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy for faithful lives in the home, that husbands and wives would seek to build each other up, trusting in God for every gift of life, of security, and of every need. Especially we pray for Bob and Pat Rothy, for George and Sue Kaminsky, for all the families of Peace Lutheran Church, and for the families in Peace Lutheran Academy, that God would give life and cultivate growth according to his will. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sick and the suffering and for those in need, especially George Kaminsky, Anna Steinhilb, Dave Evenstadt, Kevin Walter, Perchase, Ron Barrow, Jean Roos, Patty Rothy, Amy Bruss, Sue Everhart, for Connor, for Travis, for Michael, for Reverend Luke Beringer, for Reverend Dr. John Willey, for Dennis Michalis, for Kathleen Hetzel, and for Gabby Hartwig, that God would conform them with his divine promises and grant healing according to his will. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the light of Christ in the gift of holy baptism, that as it has prepared us to taste his feast, so it would enlighten many others to join us at his table here and in eternity. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For hope in the resurrected Lord of the living and the dead, especially for the family and friends of Kathy Miller, that Christ will unite his whole church at last in his kingdom. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. O Lord, Heavenly Father, we gratefully remember the sufferings and death of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, for our salvation. 
Rejoicing in his victorious resurrection from the dead, we draw strength from his ascension before you, where he ever stands for us as our own high priest. Gather us together from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver, and preserve us. For to you alone we give all glory, honor, and worship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is right so to It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.
Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift, and we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Bless we the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.
Welcome to the divine service. Uh, just briefly, two things. One, I want to remind you of Advent midweek services that start not this week, but next week at, on Wednesdays at 8 a.m., 2.30, and 6.30. And then um, I know we're pushing up against Bible class and Sunday school, but briefly, our former member, Linda Phillips, is here. Can you come? Linda, can you come in? Yep. And then she's brought with her a friend of mine from Romania who's studying at the seminary. Sergio, come on, come, come forward. Oh, come on. When they invite you to take the higher place, then you come. <laughs> now, um, first, I'll let Linda Phillips. She was a member here. She's now at Blessed Savior in New Berlin, heavily involved in missions. And uh, Linda supervised the translation of Lutheran catechesis uh, into Bulgarian. So, Good morning. It's good to be back here at Peace, where I still remember for uh, being sitting in the pew for Didache. Am I yes, saying it right? Yes, that's right. Scary venturing into Greek. <laughs> but anyways, before I came here, um, I was a medical missionary in Africa and then uh, Bulgaria, and I never really left because when you're on the mission field, it's in you for good. And uh, I must say that I'm completely flabbergasted at all that God is doing in Eastern Europe, and that little old me got to be part of it. I feel so blessed by the Lord. I keep thinking I have no excuses to falter in the faith because I've seen such great things. I know soon as we look at the children of Israel, what were they doing in the desert? What were they thinking? Um, they got to see such amazing things, and I did too because I was by God's grace got to be a part of the mission work as Pastor Bender did and is doing so many times. I saw him at Blessed Savior. But anyways, um, I remember so vividly at the start of COVID, um, I had been getting articles published in a Bulgarian newspaper in Chicago. And the man who published it, he was Bulgarian, and he also had a Ukrainian paper. And I said, well, how about can we start publishing these health articles with devotion connections in the Ukrainian paper. And he said, sure, absolutely. I mean, could we do that with the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel? <laughs> no way. Uh, and anyway, so we started doing that. And then with COVID hitting, that was like two weeks before COVID hit. And um, I thought, well, those Bulgarians really need devotion speak too because um, so many people that lived in Eastern Europe, as my friend um, Sergio will attest to, um, they never were in the habit of going to church. And they might hear the gospel and believe, but to support a church, to do the work of what, you know, the government used to do for years, they took care of the sick, the poor, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's just unheard of. But I thought if we can reach these people through the newspaper, even if they never set foot in a church, they'll hear the word. And that is something to really work hard at. And so we started getting these um, devotions and health articles translated into Ukrainian. I started working with some Ukrainian pastors, Lutheran pastors, in South Central Ukraine. So it was the end of 20. And then um, I started working with a woman from Romania. And I was telling her about, and she's a believer, and I started telling her what I was doing in Bulgaria, because believe it or not, under COVID, it was 
really quiet for some of us in healthcare. So um, we had time to really talk about such things. And we knew something big was happening, but who guess what? <laughs> who could guess what? Um, anyway, so I started looking for a translator, and the person that she found, he was too busy, and um, she said, you know there's a Lutheran church in Romania? I said, get out of here. Really? And that, I found out about Pastor Trefa, and I emailed him, and uh, he didn't know me from Adam, of course, and he said, well, I'm really busy with my churches. He not only has a, a church in Brasov in Romania and also um, up in the northeast corner, um, Suchava, and also in Bucharest, uh, where his son is, was living at school. But anyway, so I started working with this wonderful young man, and he started translating some things. And then that was the fall of 21, and who could have guessed? I sure couldn't have. Uh, but anyways, right the day that the war broke out in Ukraine, I was talking to him about what we could do in Romania. And I said, well, who knows what's going to happen in Ukraine. And we talked a little bit about um, there's probably could be some Ukrainian refugees wanting to cross the border and get into Romania. It was just a, a place to escape to because they shared a, a northeast border and a southeast border with Ukraine. And then poor little Moldavia is right in between, sandwiched literally between the two countries. So <clears throat> the next morning, my phone rang very early. You get used to that when you work um, t eight time zones uh, behind the countries you used to work in. And it was uh, Sergio and his father calling and saying, there's people just crowding the borders. And so we talked about Sergio maybe going and helping those refugees. He was going to go to the northeast first, and he said there's so many aid organizations going there. So he went to the southeast, very close to my former home of Bulgaria, and uh, he ended up, what ended up being six, about six months of his life, basically camped out at the border and helping. At first, um, the first group was Pastor um, Oleksiy Navratsky. He's one of the Lutheran pastors in Ukraine. He was the one that was doing a lot of the translations. And I remember contacting Pastor Navratsky, even that fall before, I, and I we sent him some uh, helping hands, sent him some money for food and for fuel if they needed to escape Ukraine. Um, and I said, too, what's the possibility um, that Mykolaiv was going to be really hit by, affected by the war. Because so I knew that Russia was really interested in like the, the eastern part of Ukraine. And he said, we're 20 kilometers from Russian-occupied Crimea. So he kind of said, you figure it out, lady. So we kept the aid coming. Um, my pastor, my church, my pastor was Pastor um, Martino Sander was just retiring. And he got a lot of money for his retirement. And he basically, I, I think, gave most of it to Helping Hands. And I'm like, gee, what are we going to do with all this money? Not that you ever need to think about it when you're running a nonprofit, what you're going to do with money. I mean, <laughs> it's always 10 places for each dollar to go. But that money was used to help the refugees. And how it panned out was I had talked to Sergio and his father. And he said, yes, we'll help. And I contacted Pastor Navratsky. And I said, if you or your, your family, and I know he couldn't leave because the young men all pretty much have to stay in Ukraine in case they're going to be called into service. But your family, congregation needs an out. Just keep in mind um, that Sergio and his father, they stand ready to help you. And he said, no, 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 we're okay for now. 
Uh, am I talking too long? We, we do have Sunday school, Christmas okay. program. I'll be, done, I'll be done in two minutes, but this, I had to give a little background, so, but I'll cut to the chase here. Five days later, Pastor Navratsky sent me an email, and he said, we're getting ready, a group of us are getting ready to flee Ukraine. Send me that Roman guy's name. So he was the Roman guy. <laughs> so Romanian, actually, but anyways, he went down to the border, and he waited for them. Now, it's about 500 miles between Mykolaiv and about the Constantinople region. And it should take about maybe a, a really long day to get there, but because of the roads were just packed with people. And I mean, this country had just been invaded by Russia. And the Russians don't mess around. They'll do anything. So they, um, the war broke out. But these people, thanks be to God, crossed the border. And I remember three days later, that I got this email that Sergio sent to Pastor Navratsky and Pastor Timurkan with a picture of all their family and their congregations just over the border in Romania. And he wrote this beautiful note. They're all here safe and sound. Don't worry, we'll take good care of them. And they surely did. And his number, his phone number went viral. And some days he got like 250 phone calls. And a lot of the people... Oh, he, helped, he ended up helping some 25,000 Ukrainians across the border. Isn't that just mind-boggling? I mean, I sometimes feel if I help one person, really help one person a, a year even, wow, thank you, Lord, how exciting. But 25,000, I mean, that's like Waukesha maybe? I don't know population, sorry. It's half of West Dallas. <laughs> but anyways, that's a lot of people. And he got very little sleep and very little food. And he just camped out there. And a lot of the people that were coming later were not believers. His phone number, I remember him saying it just went viral. And he kept up with his classes online because of COVID, a lot of them were online, like here. And a lot of the people, they, he'd pick them up, he'd pick, bring them in a bus to either a train or bus station to go to another country or to a refugee camp. And so many of them, he used Google Translate because Romanian is very different from the Slavic language, which is like Ukrainian. And he used Google Translate and so many, why did God let this happen? I'm so angry. And he would share the gospel with them using Google Translate. And so many of the people, like, I, I want to take the story from you, but uh, praise God. When we pray so many times, we have no idea how he's going to answer it. But when you get these little glimpses, it is just, oh, praise to him. Praise to him. That's the other side of the Ukrainian war. Thank you all for listening. I know I talk way too much, but I can hardly contain my joy after even almost two years. Praise be to God. I'm truly done. Okay. <laughs> Just uh, ever so briefly, I, I first met Sergio and his father, Pastor Trifa, in Vilnius, Lithuania. Beth and I were there uh, leading the Eurasia Missionary Family Retreat in 2018, uh, 2018. And um, so you were, uh, you helped out with the kids, mm -hmm. but uh, we're hoping uh, Sergio will be here on the Epiphany service. I have some plans for him to participate with me on that night with perhaps a talk afterwards. So that's January, Saturday, January 6th. Uh, at 5 o'clock, I believe, is the time of that service. So you will want to be here. But you can give little greetings. Okay. Well, good morning. Good morning. 
thank you very much for having us here this morning. It's very beautiful that we were able to join you in worship. Um, indeed, it was um, pa Pastor Bender. When I met him back in 2018, I was still unsure about what my future would look like if I want to take the ministry, um, go ahead with the ministry, or I want to do something else. You know, we all dream to becoming millionaires eventually, but we don't really do it. Um, so uh, he was uh, someone who indirectly guided me towards ministry, and I'm very thankful being with you all here today. And uh, I'm looking forward to coming again and sharing more of uh, my stories during the times that I have spent uh, working with the Ukrainian refugees. It was uh, a time that taught me so much, and um, I believe that um, it's a good thing to hear about, as many of the things we heard from media and other sources were not necessarily accurate. Um, but um, again, again, many thanks for having us here today, and I'm looking forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you, Sergio. Have a good week. <laughs>